Cruise Radio is brought to you in part by TripInsurance.com. Travel insurance done right by the people who know travel insurance. Get a quote today at TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here, my friend. Coming up on this week's show, we'll get a review of Celebrity Eclipse from our friend Kerry. Him and his wife just sailed a Caribbean sailing on Celebrity Eclipse. So uh, excited to talk to Kerry a little later on in the program. Sherry Kennedy from CruiseMaven.com standing by with Cruise News. Don't forget about our other show, River Cruise Radio. If you're interested in river cruising or just maybe curious what it's all about, check it out, River Cruise Radio. Uh, you can listen to it however you're listening to this show or RiverCruiseRadio.net. actually have a pretty good series going on right now uh, where we're shadowing someone who's taking a river cruise, doing the planning, the actual cruise itself, and all that. So that's River Cruise Radio. All right, Sherry Kennedy is with us with... With Cruise News. Hey, Sherry. Hey, Doug. This first story, I thought I was reading it wrong, but a, a new cruise ship is going to carry almost 7,000 people. What's the latest on this one? The latest on this is that MSC has announced a new class of ship that they're going to build. Actually, they're going to build a total of four of these behemoths, and they're naming them the MSC Cruises World Class, and it will hold uh, about 6,850 cruise passengers. But, you know, it's almost tied with Royal Caribbean's Harmony of the Seas that comes in with 6780. So it's pretty close, but they're going to be enormous anyway. So my, my question is, you're an old school cruiser like me. How big is too big for these things? You know, I think it's personal preference. I think the cruise lines have figured out a way to keep the space ratio expanded so you don't feel like you're traveling with a small city. Mm-hmm. They really have, you know, you don't feel cramped and they manage their lines. But personally speaking, traveling with almost 7,000 people on one vessel, it's a little, it's a mental thing, I think, more than the physicality of it all. A new stateroom class has been announced for the brand new or the upcoming Carnival Horizon. What are we going to see? And it looks like we're going to see some additional staterooms on this ship, too. Yeah, the Carnival Horizon is going to have a new stateroom category, and it's going to be called the Aft View Extended Balcony Cabin, and it will only be located in the Family Harbor area. Um, and as you mentioned, they will have an additional 18 staterooms in the uh, the Havana section that carry out the tropical theme. So it should be kind of nice. And if you're in a Family Harbor stateroom, you have the lounge to go to, too, with uh, large screen TVs, complimentary breakfast, and there's also snacks throughout the day. No wonder those Havana staterooms are being added to Carnival Horizon, because I got to tell you, the Havana retreat in the back of Carnival Vista as of right now it's it's like a private oasis out there because you have the infinity pool, you have the two hot tubs, you have your own full-service bar, and there's only like probably maybe 100 people out there, if that. So like Vibe or Posh, whatever NCL calls it, right? Right. Yeah. And it's almost like they're making this into uh, a, like a mini um, haven that yeah. Norwegian has. Yeah, kind has. of. Totally. I, I can totally see that, and it's totally worth the money uh, if you're booking on Vista or Horizon to book a Havana-class stateroom. Uh, Carnival also has raised the prices on their bottomless bubbles, which is their soda package. <laughs> they have. They've changed that. Uh, as of last week, the price of the bottomless bubbles unlimited soda package increased. It's not huge, but it's from $6.50 a day per adult 
and it, to a dollar more at seven fifty per day. But if you're still a kid, 17 years and under, it remains the same at $4.95 per person per day. Um, and, and it covers um, unlimited, it seems to be all Coca-Cola products and fruit juices, um, but it does not include anything, any Cokes or whatnot in uh, souvenir glass, bottled mm-hmm. water, specialty coffees, of course. It doesn't fall under the bottomless bubbles. So if it doesn't have bubbles, it's not covered. You know, with that bottomless bubbles package, though, it seems like the break-even point is like three Cokes and you're paid for. Like if you drink more than three Cokes a day, you might as well get it. Yeah, and uh, hopefully it's not all sugar. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you have a juice in the morning and a couple sodas during the day or Diet Coke or whatever, it does pay for itself. I was looking at that thinking, that's not bad at all. I wish Carnival would get Pepsi. I'm not a soda drinker at all, but if I were to drink soda, it would be Pepsi, not Coke. Oh, interesting. I hadn't had a Coke in years, and I pick up the ones um, from Mexico mm-hmm. because they don't they don't have the corn syrup. They have real sugar. So it's, it's like a throwback Coke. But yeah, if, I mean, if you could find the sodas from Mexico, you will find real sugar. And actually, Pepsi products, they have a little tiny section made with real sugar. I mean, it's like a, you know, this is crazy, but you can find real sugar. You've been listening to Nutrition Talk with Sherry Kennedy. <laughs> Sherry, moving (laughs) moving on here. Uh, MSC Cruises just took delivery of their newest ship. Now, normally we wouldn't really cover this, but this ship is going to make a U.S. debut at some point. It is. uh, Yeah, they took delivery of their new ship, the MSC Maravilla, uh, last week. They had the usual um, ceremony where they, you know, exchange the flags, they do the coin and the blessing for good fortune and all that. And it turns out the, the MSC Maravilla is the largest ship built by a European shipping company. And I guess once they get the, uh, running back to our other discussion about the uh, world class, that's going to supersede this one for sure. So far, the Maravilla is set to sail from the port of La Havre for the christening ceremony on June and she'll be doing a series of seven-night Western Mediterranean itineraries for the summer and then eventually relocate to Florida. Some very sad news here. Well, I mean, it's not really very sad, but it's upsetting. Fathom Carnival Social Impact Line is uh, is no more. It sailed its last cruise. Of course, we remember this being announced in 2015, first sailing 2016, and I guess final sailing in 2017. Yeah, it's, pretty, it's a pretty short-lived uh, experience, and we were all so excited to have this new concept in cruising with social impact and volunteerism in the Dominican Republic, and then finally getting approval to go to Cuba. Um, that was pretty exciting, and uh, yeah, it, you know, first sailings to the Dominican Republic, as you said, began in April of 16. Uh, Cuba cruises began in May of 16. But the good news is that Carnival's cruise line is going to keep some of the fathom travel experiences in the volunteerism range. So, you know, for example, when um, other cruise lines under Carnival go to Amber Cove, they're still going to have the coffee and chocolate learning experiences and paper making and things like that. So they'll do some hands-on with the local people, but certainly nothing like the original intent to, you know, to dig plant trees and pour cement for schools and things like that. So, you know, I don't know if it's a reflection on what people don't want to do on their vacation, which is work, or if it was just, you know, maybe not the right time for something paying it forward type cruise experience. It, to me, it seemed like they were marketing to non-cruisers as well. They might have been marketing to the wrong crowd. 
I heard that too, you know, trying to get volunteer organizations to book exactly. a cruise that normally would fly in, do their work and fly out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it could have been marketing, maybe travel agents weren't as well versed in the product as they should have been. Um, who knows? But yeah, it's kind of sad. And then uh, Adonia is going back to uh, P&O and that's the way it goes. Been talking with Sherry Kennedy from CruiseMaven.com. Talk next week, Sherry. See you then. This is Cruise Radio. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. What do you want to do? Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay? Go for an island tour? Take a beach break? Or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling? Whatever you decide, CruisingExcursions.com has a shore excursion to fit your budget. Cruising Excursions knows your time on the island is limited and that you want to make the most of your day. That's why they have shore excursions up to 60% cheaper than the cruise lines and offer smaller, more personable tours. Find out for yourself. Research and book your next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. Want more Cruise Radio? Find a library of over 400 episodes on iHeartRadio, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, iTunes, or at cruiseradio.net. Carrie and his wife just returned from a 14-night cruise out of Miami to the Southern Caribbean aboard Celebrity Eclipse. Carrie joins us this evening. Hey, Carrie. Hi, Doug. I got to say, man, you're, you're normally not doing these 14-nighters. This is a little change for you, isn't it? Yeah, I think the last 14-nighter we did was about five, six years ago. But it was a real welcome to be able to get away for that long again. Yeah, so uh, let's get some pre-cruise thoughts. What made you want to take this 14-night cruise on Celebrity Eclipse? So uh, um, very busy and demanding work schedule, as you know, and uh, we feel 14 nights just gives an opportunity to just disconnect and realize that you're actually on vacation. You know, when you, you're on some cruises, you look down, you see the day of the week in the elevator. <laughs> uh, we didn't have to think about that. We get to like day three or four and we realize, hey, you know what? We don't need to pack our bags in a couple days. We've got more time. We're actually on vacation. And that's when the vacation really begins. Absolutely. Now, you are uh, you live in the Tampa area, and you made your way to Miami to embark on this 14-night sailing aboard Eclipse. So how was the embarkation process for you down there at Port Miami? It was actually very smooth, with the exception of uh, we had a small power strip in one of our carry-on bags, and they confiscated that. Ah. So um, I had a lot of electronics I take with me, and uh, I wasn't able to, to leverage the power strip. But other than that, we Ubered over to the pier from uh, the pre-cruise hotel we stay at. Always, we stay at the little Hampton in there in, in South Blue Lagoon. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we Ubered over. It was great. We weren't caught up in the traditional tourist feeling, if you know what I mean. Sure. And uh, although Power Strip got taken away, we then uh, had a very smooth process, if you will. We were on board within 20 minutes. Wow, that's pretty quick. Now, how does that work? When they take away uh, like a power surge from you, do you get that back at the end of the cruise? 
We could have, if we wanted to, they give us a little slip. They take your name and your information and they tell you that when the cruise is over, come back and meet us here and we'll give it back to you. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was a very inexpensive power strip. So we said um, when we left, we weren't too worried about it. Gotcha. So uh, you make your way on board Celebrity Eclipse. What were your first impressions? Well, we'd been on board Eclipse once before, but our first impressions were great. You're always greeted with a nice glass of champagne when you first board Celebrity, which is something to look forward to. And as soon as we got in the elevators, you know, most people, they go straight to the buffet. Well, as soon as we got in the elevators, the announcement came on. We're glad to let you know that your staterooms are now ready. So we were fortunate enough to get on board. Perfect timing. Went straight to our stateroom. Awesome. And uh, what kind of stateroom did you have? And what did you think of it? We like Aqua Class. I don't know if you're familiar with Aqua yeah. Class on Celebrity, but it's a little bit more upscale than your standard balcony. You get some additional amenities. So we were in AQ, as they call it, for Aqua Class 1575 on Deck 11. It offered some great accommodations, some upgraded amenities, quick access to the spa, which is important to both my wife and I, and then most importantly, access to the blue dining room. I would say the balcony on board compared to some other cruise lines it was a little bit larger mm-hmm. um, and we absolutely love the upgraded room service menu where we chose to have breakfast delivered every morning and have it on our balcony so that was really sweet awesome now as far as like space in the cabin how is that for you space in the cabin is very similar to other cruise lines I think the the storage in the aqua classrooms is a little bit odd because it's above the bed where they have a couple flip open mm-hmm. storage areas and have to either get on top of the bed to put your things up if you're short or use a, a smaller closet space. But it was efficient enough for a 14 night cruise and, and we were able to get by just fine. When you're staying in an aqua class room, so you get like mm-hmm. a, a spa pass you can use. Is that what that is? Yeah, so you have access to the Persian Garden that's included, and normally they charge, I think it's about $90 for a seven-night cruise, mm-hmm. a little bit more than that for a 14-night cruise. So that's where you have the spa, sauna, and the steam room, and you have the hot chairs, the stone beds, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so that that's nice to take advantage of whenever you want to go down there. Then you have quick access to the spa with the spa concierge to help make your appointments for you, those types of things. Cool. So uh, let's uh, switch gears here and talk about dining on this 14-night sailing. A lot of great restaurants on board, Celebrity Eclipse. But we'll start at the buffet area and work our way out from there. So what did you think of the buffet area? Buffet was nice. They have the, uh, I don't know if we call it pods or stations, if you will, rather mm-hmm. than the wraparound style. So it was great. You had an area for pizza and pasta in one area. You had another area that had sandwiches and different cold cuts. Another area that was your traditional different every day. You know, one day they might have somebody slicing prime rib, another day having lamb, another day having another type of meat. And then the types of uh, of food items that you'd find in a regular meal like that. Then they obviously have the dessert station. They had a an Indian station, they had Mexican food, they had salad bar. So there was plenty for anybody to enjoy if you go to the buffet. And it was pretty consistent. They changed up some areas once in a while, a couple days during the cruise, but um, it was pretty consistent and the food was good quality. And the main dining room, what time dining did you have and what did you think of it? Main dining room 
we didn't do too much with the exception of an elegant afternoon tea mm -hmm. uh, because being an aqua class, you have uh, more of an exclusive dining venue with the Blue Restaurant, which in itself is almost a specialty restaurant, I would say. And the dining is dine as you wish. So you can go at any time between, I think it's 545 and a little bit later. And we're early diners because we like to eat earlier and then take in the show a little bit later. Mm -hmm. It's just our personal preference. So we generally show up at Blue sometime between 6 and 7. And we had a great situation because they knew what table we liked and they made sure it was available for us anytime we showed up. We had the same waiter, the same assistant waiter, and they're very entertaining, very interactive, as well as providing great service. So it was fantastic. Awesome. Now, there are, what are there, besides Blue, there's three specialty venues on there. What, Tuscan Grill, Murano, and that one whimsical-type place, right? Cuisine, right. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yep. Did, did you uh, eat at all three of them? We did, absolutely. We took in Murano's three times. Once was the chef's table. Okay. We did Tuscan Grill, and I'll talk to you about what took place when we were at Tuscan Grill a little bit later when we had the, the fishermen that we rescued. Mm -hmm. And then Cuisine uh, is uh, eclectic, if you will, or kind of strange where you order with an iPad and the food, you know, spring rolls that are actually in springs and things like that uh, was very good. The food was excellent in all the venues. But I would say that even if we didn't go to any of the specialty restaurants, just sticking with Blue the entire cruise, in itself being a very uh, specialty venue, would have been just fine. But doing the chef's table and Murano's and Tuscan Grill and Cuisine, it was a great experience because you had something a little bit different to kind of break up the 14 nights. So it was great. I got to ask you because I was, uh, I was following you on Facebook during this 14 night sailing and you posted a picture of them. They were cooking a lobster table side at Murano. H how was that? That was fantastic. Yeah, it looked yeah, like they, it. they cooked the lobster table side. So basically the, the maitre d', if you will, will come by mm -hmm. and they'll put a little table side grill there next to you and they will cook up the lobster for you. It was fantastic. It was well seasoned. It was done in, in an entertaining fashion and the food was, was very nice. And so after we had done it, then some other people asked, what did you order? And they ordered it. So it was repeated a couple of times right in our little area, but it was very good food. This question might be a stupid question, but the Tuscan Grill, is that more of an Italian venue or a steakhouse or both? It's a Italian-flavored steakhouse, okay. if you will. So it's primarily a steakhouse. So if you think about a Royal Caribbean, how you have chops, mm -hmm. I would say they're very comparative, if you will, in the celebrity being part of the Royal Caribbean family. Very similar in that regard. I think it's a little bit more upscale than chops, a little bit more spacious, a little bit more attentive with the service. But yeah, it's a great venue. It's right on the back of the ship. So you have the windows that are all along the backside of the ship. So you can see a great view out over the ocean. Mm -hmm. And we happen to have a great table for two right against the window. It was, it was a great evening. Awesome. Now, you mentioned that you like to um, go to dinner early to take it. And then uh, after dinner, you like to take in some shows. So what did you think about the entertainment on board? The entertainment, I'll say the celebrity singers and dancers, they're a young group. They're fairly good and entertaining, but nothing over the top. The shows, I would say, were average or just a little bit better than that. 
the guest entertainers that they brought on board were, were great. Very entertaining, funny, or very good in whatever skill they had, whatever entertainment skill they had. Fred Klett, I don't know if you've heard of Fred, but he's a comedian that frequents cruise ships, and we were so glad to see him in our daily and we've been a fan of his for years and he performed and it was just as funny as ever. And he ended up being just a couple doors down from us oh, cool. in aqua class, which was really neat. Nice. Now, whenever I sailed on Celebrity, I think it was Solstice a few years back, they had this, it was like a Cirque show, like with acrobatics and things. Did, did they still have shows like that? They didn't have that on this sailing, okay. um, which was a little... I wouldn't say disappointing, but it was more surprising. Mm -hmm. uh, from what I understand, their flyers weren't feeling too well. Okay. And uh, I'm not sure if it had to do with the seas. I think you were cruising the same week that we were, mm -hmm. and the, the seas were a little strange in the Caribbean yeah. uh, for the first three nights of our sailing. I think we had 15-foot seas. Yeah. Uh, so half the ship was out and about having a good time, and the other half was just kicking back and relaxing or chilling in the room, if you will. But they didn't have that show, but they did replace it with some interesting shows. They had a uh, show called the Liars Club. Mm -hmm. And that's a show where the cruise director and whatever guest entertainers, the entertainers they have on board, they play a kind of uh, tell the truth to tell the truth type game where there are words put up and each one of them on stage has to either tell the truth or lie about what that word really means. And they're strange words, words that you would never normally have in your vocabulary. And it was quite funny. And it was especially funny in the second show where our captain, Captain Leo came out and he played part of the cast. And let's just say he was a little edgy, if you will. And I think it surprised many people in the show and everybody was just laughing, having a great time. That's awesome. Now, how about during the the sea days? How was the ship and how did it handle at sea with everybody on board uh, as far as the crowds and congestion? You mentioned congestion, and I would have to say that I never felt crowded on the ship. The flow was great. Now, with the exception of the crowd being a little bit older, generally when you're on a 14-night cruise, mm -hmm. at about 10... 10 years or more to the average age of the demographic on the ship, if you will, or of the passengers. So it was laid back. Every once in a while, we, we had to avoid walkers and or scooters, <laughs> but it wasn't too bad, not too crowded. We had been to all the ports before, so we, we like taking advantage of the ship anyway. So we explored during the day, and then there were lectures on everything from the true story of Pirates in the Caribbean to Amelia Earhart to they had a fantastic tech guru on board that did lectures like Get Appy, for instance, where he did some explanations and some um, examples of some really cool apps to put on your devices and what they can do for you and, and how they can help you. And so that was a real popular event as well. Do you remember the, uh, the guy's name who was doing the app presentation by chance? I don't. I have yeah. to look it up, but I can gotcha. shoot it over to you on Facebook. I was just curious. I, I know one of the guys I know does what you're talking about. Um, 
His name's Mickey, but he does a he goes around to different celebrity ships actually and does digital like techie presentations and history presentations. But anyway, awesome. Well, uh, let's talk about what port you hit. You um you did quite a number on this fourteen night sailing. So let's go ahead and just go down that list and tell me your favorite one. Big list, yeah. <laughs> we started in Bonaire and we went to Curacao, then we went to Aruba. So I'll stop there at the ABCs, and I have to say one of my favorites is Curacao for sure. It's it's like taking a little bit of Amsterdam or of the Netherlands and putting it into the Caribbean mm-hmm. uh, with the style of the architecture and the color of the buildings and all that. So we absolutely love Curacao. We went into the area. When you first get off the ship, they have a uh, a fort there that they've remodeled into a shopping area and yet they kept all the historic feel to it, which is really cool. And then they have this bridge that you walk on. It's like a pontoon bridge Mm -hmm. that you walk on to get across to the city. And so you walk on that. And I never knew this before, even though we had been there before. But at certain times in the day, there's a motor on one end of this pontoon bridge that actually turns the pontoon bridge and releases it from one side and brings it around to the other And then it comes back. And I'd never seen that happen before. And that happened while we were having lunch waterside at one of the little venues right there. So it was great. We were at a little cafe outside, enjoying the weather, enjoying Curacao, having lunch and a beer, and just watching the the boats go by. It, It was a really nice day. We love Curacao. So that bridge, so it, it wasn't a drawbridge, but like a swinging bridge in the water. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. It's huh. a bridge that floats on the water. So there's pontoons that are actually in the water, and they built the bridge on top of it. And you, you walk across the bridge to get over to the city. It's quite unique. Very cool. So you did Aruba, Bonaire, Carousel. Where to next? I believe after there, we went to Barbados. And then from Barbados, we hit St. Lucia and then St. Kitts and then St. Martin, I believe. I might have missed one of the Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's all all good. We trust you. So out of that list you just named, which ones ones really stuck out to you? St. Lucia stuck out. And I'll tell you why. It's quite interesting. Quick story. When I was a boy, my father got me and my grandfather got me into stamp collecting. And I stopped it years ago. But I thought, what the heck? Why don't I now, while I'm going to all these different places, pick up some stamps in each port and I'll kind of put together something after we get home. So in St. Lucia, we went looking for stamps. The other ports prior to that were really easy to find the stamps in the local shops. But in St. Lucia, we went into the post office and the guy behind the counter says, sir, there's a problem. Okay, what's the problem? Well, we need you to go around the building into the alley ring the bell on the door at the back of the alley and wait for somebody to answer the door. So, okay. Okay. So we did that. We walked around the alley. We're looking around. This just feels really odd. We press the bell on the door. They buzz us in and we have to go up a couple flights of stairs and we get there. There's one lady saying, we need you to wait here for the guy in charge to come help you take a seat. (laughs) and wait. (laughs) So we're thinking, this is really odd. All we want to do is get some stamps. Right. But apparently there's an office called the Philatelic Bureau. So if anybody out there is a stamp collector, when you're going to the islands and you're looking for stamps, 
you're looking for the philatelic bureau, that's what you asked for, not necessarily the post office. Huh. So that was very memorable. Very cool. St. Martin, did you do anything like any day tours or check out? Uh, I'm sure you've been to Mahu Beach many a times. Yeah, we've been to Mahu Beach many times. So this time we just took the water taxi over from the ships over to the beach mm-hmm. and we relaxed. There's a, a local shack there that serves up um, different foods that they cook on the grill. So we stopped there and then we walked a little bit further down and had a beer or two, and then we walked through the shops. And so we just kind of had a relaxing day, no particular tours, because we've toured that island inside and out over the many times we've been there. Mm-hmm. We did stop at a, a, a local little shack where we know that we always pick up jerk seasoning from and hot sauce because they do a great job. And then we went back to the ship and ready to sail away. Speaking of uh, the jerk seasoning and all that, I saw online where you – the chef created a like a jerk chicken dish for you? Yes, I'm a big fan of jerk chicken or Jamaican jerk, if you will. Mm-hmm. And we had done the chef's table in Murano's one night and highly recommend chef's table to anybody listening to the show when you're on Celebrity because they go over the top. They take you into a special room in Murano's where they have all these different variations of wine all around the room. So think of it as a wine room. And they serve, I think it was a total of maybe eight to 10 of us. And we were special treatment. So a preset menu with wine pairing throughout the entire thing. So long story short, the chef that was hosting that, we were interacting with quite a bit. And I said, where can a guy, whispered into his ear, where can a guy who loves jerk get jerk chicken on board? And when are you serving it? He says, when do you want it? I'll make it specially for you. You let me know and I'll make it happen. So he saw me a couple days later in the buffet area and he said, when do you want your jerk chicken? And so we made arrangements and he had it all ready for us and it was fantastic. That's so cool that he, he, like that's so, so cool that the chef actually went the extra step to do that for you. Yeah, and and it wasn't for any reason. He didn't know me for any particular reason. He even called the room to make sure that I didn't forget. So, so that was cool. great. Before we um, wrap this up, I want to I talk about uh, what you mentioned earlier, where you guys, you had a pretty daring rescue that you helped someone, um, helped a mariner in distress, right? Yeah. So in our route from Aruba, that was the other port, Aruba. We went to Aruba. In fact, <laughs> we stayed overnight in Aruba, which was an interesting part of the itinerary. When we left Aruba to go to Barbados, that's when we were having dinner in the Tuscan Grill. And we're sitting at at the window, I mentioned a table for two, and all of a sudden we hear over the loudspeaker, message for the crew only, message for the crew only, Oscar, Oscar, port side. And so everybody's automatically looking at the port side. And apparently there were four fishermen from St. Lucia, mm-hmm. and they had been stranded out there at sea about 135 miles offshore for five days. And when we were going by, we saw a light off in the distance and, and the hand flare. And so the ship stopped and then turned around, picked them up to assist, brought them on board. And our next stop was in Barbados, but they were from St. Lucia. The captain kept them on board and brought them back to St. Lucia. 
So it was a pretty interesting experience. I wish I could have had my camera with me at dinner, but my phone was on charge back in the room, unfortunately, always at the right time, right? <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and so just after we picked them up and we started sailing away, we got a really good view of the boat. It was a little like, skipper boat, if you will. And, I mean, it was right next to the ship as we drove by it. And they uh, apparently informed the Coast Guard. The Coast Guard had marked the location of the boat so they could warn other vessels. And I guess they were going to come by and pick that boat up at a later time. But the scuttlebutt amongst the crew, if you were, they're not necessarily fishermen, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. But Eclipse (laughs) did bring them back to St. Lucia versus leaving them in Barbados because all of their identification and paperwork was from St. Lucia. And apparently there were people ready to, to meet them at the pier when we got to St. Lucia. Wow. Sounds like a, uh, with the relaxation and then the little excitement, it sounds like an awesome cruise you had over the 14 nights. So, uh, you make your way back to Port Miami. How was disembarkation for you? One of the things that was great about this was no custom forms. I don't know if you experienced that or not, but there were no custom forms required. So normally in the past, Here's your custom forms delivered with your luggage tags into your room, but no more custom forms. And uh, so what we had was breakfast in the blue restaurant Mm -hmm. because being part of aqua class, we go straight to the blue restaurant. We just leave our bags right with us, or you could leave them out in the hallway and they take care of that. And we had breakfast. And then as we were just finishing, they called our number and we got off the ship very smoothly. The one thing that was different in Miami at the Celebrity World Caribbean Pier is they now have an airline-style baggage claim scenario, you know, where you have the various turnstiles. Mm -hmm. And I think, personally, it created a little bit of a delay because you're having to wait for the bags in your number system to go all the way around, and they have three different turnstiles. Mm. So you have thousands of bags, especially on a 14-night cruise where people pack pretty heavily. It was a little bit of a delay, and one of our bags actually was two turnstiles over, even though it was marked correctly. They had put it on the wrong turnstile. So for a little bit there, we were like trying to find our last bag. But after we found it, even though it was a little bit of a delay, we were really relaxed after just getting off a cruise. We were not going to get stressed. So we got our bag, and, <laughs> and we just went out and Ubered our way back to Miami Airport and then rented a car to go back home. Yeah, very nice. Now, you mentioned that there's no no customs forms. Is that is that just a celebrity thing or is that like is that standard is that protocol now at Port Miami? I am not sure about that. Did yeah. did they ask you to fill out a custom form when you got back? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I had to fill a custom form out and then uh wait in that awful line. We didn't have to wait on a long line because we were smart enough to grab a porter right away. Yes. And he took us straight through, but nobody had to fill out a customs form, huh. which was great. Interesting. So hoping yeah. that the other cruise lines will pick that up. It should help. Totally. The other exciting thing about our ship, you know, if I think about our cruise, one of the most exciting things while we were on board was the announcement of Celebrity Edge. I'm sure you'll probably have a show on it about a little bit later, mm-hmm. but when they announced Celebrity Edge, the ship was all abuzz about that next generation of celebrity ships coming out in December of 2018. So that was really cool. We personally booked back-to-back sailings in March of 2019. Mm -hmm. So put us on the schedule um, after that, and we'd be happy to do uh, another interview for you. We're already planning a group, and we'd love to have you join us, Doug. So if you can break away, let me know. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I'll have to get more information uh, 
from you on that. So, Carrie, uh, in closing here, uh, real quickly, any first-time tips for people sailing, celebrity? Oh, gosh, what was the ship Eclipse? I would say that don't worry about being rushed because it's not the type of cruise where you have to feel like you have to get everything in, especially on the 14-night venue. But even on a, on a seven-night itinerary, celebrity is more of a, a relaxed experience where you can choose to do a lot if you like or choose to do absolutely nothing or as little as possible. You don't have your, your rock walls and your flow riders but you do have a very relaxed and very attentive experience with great service, fine dining, great, more relaxed type entertainment. So go on board with the expectation that you're going to be pampered, and I think you'll be fine. Carrie, it's always great catching up with you and talking to you, and thanks so much for being on the show, my friend. You're welcome, Doug. Thanks so much for having me again. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, iTunes, or at CruiseRadio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at CruiseRadio.net. I'm your announcer.